and on Ponderland tonight, we're talking about family, difficult really, situation, and it? Family, family ritual celebrations. But regardless of the diversity of our individual families, there is a template of families which we can all recognise. Car journeys on holiday, awful experience. Your leg's touching my leg! Your leg's touching my leg! Get off my leg! Get off my leg! And I sort of have a similar thing now on plane seats or in cinemas. Like, you know, it's like, oh, will I take the armrest? I'll take the back of the armrest. You have the front of the armrest. <laughs> We're in an elbow war. <laughs> Nobody can ever win this elbow war. <laughs> or like, you know, in the back of cars, I'm going to do I Spy, the world's boringest game. <laughs> I Spy with my letter R. 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 My letter R. The game is open to manipulation and lies. I heard recently that some people don't decide definitively on what they're spying <laughs> until the guessing has begun. <laughs> Seconds me. As an only child, I don't have the reference of what it's like to grow up with brothers and sisters. That's one of the main rules. And I often missed the idea of having a brother or a sister, someone that I could be completely honest with and someone that would be honest with me about any subject Nothing in particular, though, just any random subject. You can always trust a sister, always. I mean, you say you've got a best friend, but it isn't like a sister. I mean, I can go to my sister and I can say, um, you know, my hair looked terrible, it doesn't really suit me like <laughs> anything. Why are you using that example? Your hair looks great! <laughs> Question that. Say day is night, say black is white, but do not question your hairstyle. <laughs> she looks like Ming the Merciless's wife. <laughs> you know how people always go, kids don't come with a guidebook, don't come with a guidebook, kids, you've got to learn yourself, don't come with a guidebook, right? This dad needs a guidebook because he's using that kind of misjudged humour technique that dads often employ, oh, it's sad, oh, oh. But like, what his dad's done is he's completely misallocated the genre, age and style of humour that should be aimed at a child and he's including much too much sexuality <laughs> in the humour. Whenever my friends come over, my dad sometimes opens the door. If I'm upstairs watching TV or in my room, he calls up saying, Jack, your boyfriends are here. <laughs> that your boyfriends are here, Joe. <laughs> boyfriends are here! <laughs> oh! Yeah, come on, boys, let's crack open a couple of beers. Yeah, should we all have a pubic hair contest? <laughs> Me again, champion! <laughs> this, again, is a painfully recognisable scene from adolescence. Look at this girl, so ungrateful to her mum. Her mum who clearly loves her, right? She does, like, lists all these lovely things that her mum's done for her and this lovely, heartfelt advice from her mother that she should treasure. And you think, oh, that mum sounds lovely. But then listen to this ungrateful daughter's verdict. I have arguments with my mum all the time over what she wants me to do. It's like, I want you to do such and such a thing. I want better for you than what I had. I want you to have a good life, a good job, but... It's, I think to myself, well, shut up, you boring bitch. <laughs> Bit harsh. <laughs> you know, like my godfather, since I was born, he's been putting five pound a week into a bank account for me, and I just think, fuck you, you nonce. <laughs> Although, having said that, 
the mum is actually a bit of a boring bitch. I do not want to go back to school. It's my life. You don't have to go to school, Mum. I do. You're like this, go back to school, but at the end of the day, it's me who has to go back well, to school. What have I told you a million times? I've sat and explained to you a million times. School is the best place for you because at the end of the day, you'll be getting an education and you'll come out with something. It's not as if it's a waste of time. You know, would you not like to go and work somewhere like the Inland Revenue? <laughs> incentive for an adolescent. Would you not like to work at the Inland Revenue? Would you not like to, you know, scrape chewing gum off of pavements? Would you not like to endlessly count jars of pennies and, like, try and guess how much money's in there in total? Would never have the amount revealed to you. Would you not like to drift in space in a pod for eternity in an airless cavern, just looking out but never interacting with no one. Here, would you not like to look at this little yellow piece of paper? The fuck off, you boring bitch! <laughs> My friends who have siblings assure me that it is a little bit annoying and boring in a number of very cliched and tedious ways. But I kind of think, oh, I'd like to have a sister that was annoying in a sort of bizarre, supernatural way. That would be good. Every morning for the last ten months, Donna has woken up with a sneeze. She's been sneezing all day, every day, since January the 13th. In July, after 194 days, she broke the world record. I like the noise of the sneeze quite a lot. People express quite a lot through sneezes, no? Attention-seeking people go, ah! <laughs> I really draw it. Ah, the sneezing mama! <laughs> but she got quite a nice, surreal, jeep boom! <laughs> to a tennis ball sneeze. Jeep boom! Jeep boom! I like it. But it is a bit rubbish to be in the record books for sneezing. Oh, well, like, how was that administrated? Congratulations, you're in the Guinness Book of Records for sneezing. Jeep! Like, that's insensitive, almost, to put her in the record books for that, cos it's like an illness. It's like putting her in there for a disease. It's like going up to an old lady with Alzheimer's and going, uh, congratulations, you're in the Guinness Book of Records for Britain's dottiest, most forgetful old lady. <laughs> also preposterous in this child's ludicrous life is that she has to grow up as the daughter of Tom York from Radiohead and Tom employs pretty stupid methods in sneeze curing. Now she's just two days short of the 300 mark. And her mum makes that at least 850,000 sneezes so far. Well, I think we've tried just about everything. She's had a variety of homeopathic pills, ordinary pills, sprays, injections. She's had oh, at least four different holidays from Bournemouth to Holland to South Wales to North Wales. <laughs> These won't cure sneezing, Tom. <laughs> We've tried all sorts of different holidays. Took her to Holland. Oh, what, on Holland didn't cure the sneezing? <laughs> no, so then, then we took her to North Wales. Oh, and North Wales didn't cure the sneezing. <laughs> what then? South Wales. <laughs> 
Families are necessarily built on hierarchy, of course, and traditionally in our patriarchal society, the father will be the head of a family. I don't necessarily agree with that because it's a bit sexist, but <laughs> families still need hierarchy, and it should be one of the parents. You can't let a loony son become in charge of the family, so it'll balls up everything, right? This family has let some sort of crazy-ass Richard Burton, Nick Cotton, lunatic adolescent be in charge of their family. All right, Ma, Let's go nuts! You wanted to go swimming. I oh, said I would take that you. Now, either you get ago. in the car and we go, or I'm not going. Oh, it's entirely drive. up to you. Can I drive? <laughs> Can you drive? Well, no. Because you're a little boy. You can't drive. What kind of mother would I be, Richard, if I let you drive? What a ridiculous request! It's out of the question! There! I think we crushed the rebellion there. <clears throat> She's driving. Good. What was she doing? Why are you getting out? No, what? No. Get in, and then you can drive, but you behave. <laughs> Very carefully. Look at him. Not fast. Slow right down. Slow down. Slow down, Richard. Okay. Slow down. Just, just drive carefully because you can then show and demonstrate. You can then demonstrate what a careful. Then you can demonstrate what a careful driver you are, Richard. Slow down, Richard. <laughs> Can't bargain with him. You've capitulated by letting him drive, you idiot woman. You can show what a careful driver you are. You've already let him drive, you silly cow. Can't control him now. You've given in. OK, OK, you can drive, but absolutely no drink driving. <laughs> OK, you can have a sangria, because it's a party drink, but no cocaine. <laughs> All right, a couple of lines so you can concentrate. <laughs> no, Richard, you cannot have a prisoner. No, <laughs> Richard, if we let you have a prisoner, you will abide the rules of the Geneva Convention. <laughs> Richard, why is Ahmed crying? <laughs> Why are there cigarette burns on Ahmed's genitalia? <laughs> the UN are on the phone, Richard! <laughs> and the father, dramatically miscalculating what he's dealing with, tries to use the most bizarrely antiquated parenting systems. Oh, OK, right, Richard, well, if there's any more of that nonsense, you'll have ten points deducted from the chart. Well, is there beyond the stage where you can deduct points from Richard? The only points he cares about are the ones on his licence. <laughs> Stop it! Where is he? He's here! Look at him! Oh, he's not driving the car! He's got to stop. You've got about 50 points behind. <laughs> which is sort of about 10 ice creams for Charlotte and none for you. <laughs> That's 10 ice creams for your sister. No ice creams for you. Oh, no ice creams. So I, I'll pick one up on my way to Spearing Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that dad prays to go to work. <laughs> Just let me go to work. Please, just a few more hours in the Inland Revenue. <laughs> right now, they have to go on a caravan holiday. They can't be enjoying. Their accent suggests that it's desperately below them. And he get the poor dad is falling apart so dramatically that he mistakes a colour gas lighter for a telephone. <laughs> Charlotte, put that down. The nearest we've ever got to a hotel with them is staying in one of these, um, I think it just has 40s, you know, these, uh, what are they called? The motels. 
um, because they are relatively um, anonymous. But they still manage to behave, you know, they run up and down the corridors and bang on buildings and Oh, God! Oh, no! Oh, blah! I thought it was a telephone to God! Hello, God, can I have a new life, please? Oh, oh, Richard, drive me home! Welcome back to Ponderland. Tonight we are discussing family. An integral part of family is, I suppose, housewifery and making a pot of gaff for your old man and all that sort of stuff. We've got this properly legitimate housekeeping monthly guide to being a wife. It's like from 1955, right? It's properly legit, though. We've not made it up. You think, oh, come on, that's an ironic joke from nowadays. It's not. It's a proper, real thing. What's a bit funny about this is that, although I read it and think, oh, no. Oh, no, that's terribly sexist. Inside, I'm thinking, this is fucking brilliant. <laughs> Listen to the first tip. Have dinner ready, plan ahead, even the night before, to have a delicious meal ready on time for his return. Oh, you sexist guide. <laughs> Prepare the children. Take a few minutes to wash the children's hands and faces, if they are small. Right <laughs> about big moon-faced children. There's simply no time, Robert. It's like a bin lid. I've done the perimeter. The central region you'll have to do yourself. I've struggled enough. I gave birth to that thing. It's quite clear that after a while, the man, and it is a man, compiling this good housewife's guide has realised, hang on, I can write anything in here. <laughs> Listen, this bit is properly mental. Let him talk first. Remember, his topics of conversation are more important than yours. <laughs> quite bad, that one. <laughs> really bad, really old-fashioned, really sexist. But sometimes, if someone else is talking, a girlfriend, I do sort of think, Come on. You're going to wrap this up. <laughs> Have you won any awards for talking? Because no, I didn't think you had. Shall I go now? Mm? <laughs> and this is the bit where the genie's out of the bottle and he's totally stopped caring about trying to be reasonable. Don't complain if he's late home for dinner or even if he stays out all night. <laughs> Should, on performing the act of fellatio, you notice that your husband's genitals taste and smell of another woman? <laughs> You'll get on with it! <laughs> Clean them yourself! <laughs> Don't make a scene! <laughs> now, me, I'm a brilliant postmodern sexist pig, and there's nothing wrong with that. This oaf is so sexist and awful that they put it on the news. Listen to the way that he requests tea. Now, Patrick Flanagan lives with a girl who doesn't have any other job than to look after him domestically. Carol? Um, how can I... Make up a tea. <laughs> Carol? Make up tea. <laughs> so lazy that he's dispensed with labial fricatives. <laughs> Carol? Make up a tea. Make up a tea, Carol? Carl, 
interviewer, so the feminist documentary maker mentions his old wife, and he sort of shudders with dread at the mention of his old wife. Oh, no, uh, oh, she will. She will all my wife. Right? <laughs> and the only thing, you can tell this man is so sexist and domestically incapable, that the only thing he is responsible for is his own hair. And look at the state of that. <laughs> and how is it different with your ex-wife? Oh, dear. Didn't matter. <laughs> it was uh, a one indoors. Waist was absolutely uh, upside down, you know? Oh, it's upside down. Oh, it's upside down, was it? Oh, yeah, it's upside down. Oh, it sounds mental. What was like clocks were melting on the walls, were they? <laughs> and like a looking glass came to life. Start giving you advice about your future. It's like some freaky ass surrealist Andre Breton madness. Give us a few examples of just how crazy and upside down your house was. No dinner. Woo! <laughs> that's freaky, man! <laughs> no dinner. It's no dinner. Oh, that's mental. <laughs> I love this boy here. He ain't come from a family, he's come from a broken home. He's one of them lads, you don't get them no more, with this kind of working-class accent that is really beautiful. This kind. What's that, mate? Yeah, it's a load of cobblers, isn't it? Bullshit. I ain't doing it. No, you're joking, aren't you? Yeah, what can't speak can't lie. I'll do you for that. What do you want to get striped out or something? No, no, no. <laughs> don't be a mug all your life. Right, and he's getting interviewed in the old days. He's just telling the interviewer what he wants to hear. That's why all these theories and all this information about why he goes out on the rob don't make no sense, nor nothing. A lot of people say that people like you get into trouble because of the background, because of the area that you come from. Do you think that's the reason, or do you think it's your own fault? Sometimes it's my fault, sometimes it ain't my fault, and sometimes it's the area's fault. <laughs> now, why is it the area's fault sometimes? Well, there's, like, there's too many asses to do, isn't there? <laughs> If you lived out here in the country, there's not so many asses. So you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't be doing asses because there, no, there ain't enough of them to do. Right? <laughs> Can't rob a house if it ain't there. <laughs> yeah? That's not good theory, that he will absolutely rob as many houses as there are. <laughs> well, if you only want me to rob ten houses, only have ten houses. Because I will rob all the fucking houses that there are. <laughs> Plan the town around that idea, you mug. <laughs> now, one day, such an unusual young man, he lives in a sort of endless tower reaching into the sky, a bizarre Tolkien-esque turret, an Enid Blyton-style cloud kingdom, or an Escher painting that just carries on infinitely. How's the boy ever going to relax? Vincent is on two years' probation for breaking and entering and for stealing a scooter. He rarely goes to school. His parents were divorced three years ago, and his father disappeared. Pop up the stairs! Nearly all his life has been spent in the same tenement flat with his two younger sisters and his mother. Here we go, soon be out! It is a jungle. It's only the fittest that survive. It's only the fittest that can get up the fucking stairs! <laughs> Look! Ah, at last! Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> I'm home! <laughs> One family rule we know never to break under any circumstances is never, under any circumstances, wake a sleeping child. A sleeping child is a gift. Oh, shut up at last. Thank God it's sleeping. And it's my heartfelt belief, right, that a child should never wake up on a motorbike. 
Now, Jason is three. Don't you think this is perhaps a little bit early to start motorbike racing? Well, at home, he's very enthusiastic about it, but out here, I guess it's all the crowd and the hustle and the bustle and then the wait. You know, he wants to go and he wants to ride, and then they make him wait, and he gets very frustrated. He was going round, and it was you that was shouting at him that reminded him he had to keep going, I noticed. He likes to stop and look back and see how the other kids are doing. He's a little bit young yet for it. Three. Uh-huh. Three! He's a baby, you idiot woman! <laughs> Clearly not into the motorcycle race. He loves skydiving. He loves, he loves to do parachute and skydive. Jason! Pull the cord, Jason! Pull the cord! <laughs> <laughs> that freakish behaviour of infancy should not be mirrored across the spectrum of time when people are in the winter of their years, when they face the cold December of life, only the grave to look forward to. People need respect. Don't use them as a promotional aid to make a roller coaster ride look more fun and to make Ronan Keating look younger. The real star of the day is Jeffrey's 94 year old mother. Yeah. Well, you're not worried about it because she's 94. No, I'm not. You see the doctor, and the doctor says her heart's as strong as can be, which I know to be perfectly true. Her heart's as strong as it can be for a 94 year old woman. <laughs> Carte Blanche to send a rocket in into space. <laughs> Look at her, she's so bloody old, she's like a little baby bird. She's literally weightless. Smiling but nervous. Oh, there she goes. <laughs> Ronan's. <laughs> Good night.